There's just one other thing, sir. What's that? I'll explain it to you in a minute. May I use your telephone? Go right ahead. Welcome back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Sunday Wire. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. We're streaming out live on the Alternate Current Radio Network and also at 21stCenturyWire.com. If you're joining us midstream on this live broadcast, uh, you missed any of the show before, you can catch it up after the show on the podcasting platforms on iTunes, but also on Spotify and iHeartRadio, which is a great app. If you've got a big screen TV at home, you can listen to this plus every other radio show. Uh, you can imagine, on iHeartRadio, but also Boiler Room as well, and some of ACR's programs also you can find on those same platforms, including Spreaker.com, the mothership of the alternate current radio's programming. Now, uh, our next guest, a very special guest, I might add, uh, because we've managed to catch him while he's on his UK tour. His name is Ian R. Crane, and he is out trying to raise awareness on the issue of 5G, the 5G technology, the 5G rollout in the UK. And he's joining us now on the live link. Hello, Ian. Hey, Patrick. How are you doing? Thanks for the invitation to join you this evening. No, thanks for joining us, Ian. And uh, first first off, uh, we've, uh, we've got a link on the show page uh, to your tour dates, which you can find. I'll, I'll put that straight up here, uh, ianrcrane.com. Uh, you'll get all of the information about your UK tour. Tell us how the tour is going right now, Ian. How has it been so far? Uh, it's going really well. I mean, we've um, I think we've completed uh, nine dates out of 22. Um, and the reaction has been absolutely overwhelming. I mean, once people see the evidence and they see that you know there has not been any industry studies or certainly any industry-sponsored in, uh, independent studies proving 5G frequencies to be safe. So once people realize uh, that, um, you know, th- this isn't a conspiracy, this is fact, the industry themselves acknowledge that there have not been the studies to prove this technology safe. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a military-grade microwave technology, and, um, you know, many scientists have attributed this technology to the phenomenal increase in PTSD, in self-harming and suicides amongst ex-service personnel. And uh, now it's going to be rolled out on a largely unsuspecting um, civilian population. And, uh, uh, you know, th- this is just unbelievable. And and so much so that, uh, you know, it can almost be taught too much for people to accept that the establishment would ever sort of roll something out like this that, uh, you know, hasn't been tried um, and certainly hasn't been uh, approved as safe. But there again, maybe that's the plan. So, so let me get this straight. There's been, there's been no scientific studies, no peer-reviewed studies on uh, the effects of 5G on living organisms. Uh, mainly, we're talking about uh, animals in this case and humans. Uh, but, uh, but this could be extended into you know, other parts of the animal kingdom, insects, birds, and so forth. Has there been anything? done to, um, to date not by, not by the industry and um consequently because it's not done by the industry then of course the industry and the establishment just goes into abject denial and, and what, what's really you know perverse patrick 
is that the British establishment and, and governments all over the world now, they're, they're trying to turn the tables. You know, once upon a time, the requirement was on governments and industry to prove that something was safe before it was rolled out. Um, not that they did it very often. I mean, as we see with things like, you know, thalidomide and even tobacco, of course, and certainly asbestos. But uh, now what they're trying to do is roll it out and try and turn the tables and say, you know, you know what, if you have concerns, then it's up to you, Joe Public, to actually prove that it's not safe. Well, this is absolutely outrageous. And, of course, it goes completely against the precautionary principle, which is enshrined into European law and therefore currently British law, you know, which demands that unless something is proven to be fundamentally safe, then the precautionary principle should kick in and, uh, you know, it should not be applied, should not be rolled out until such time as it is proven to be safe. And this is why uh, communities that are really starting to get their act together and take a look at this and speak to their elected representatives are getting some traction. So, you know, particularly in the southwest where we've had remarkable success with places like Glastonbury, um, Taunton, Froome, Stroud uh, and Totnes, you know, where the um, the councils have effectively tried to declare moratoria on the further rollout of 5G technology within their, you know, within their boroughs. But in reality, those moratoria are basically meaningless at the moment because the British government has declared uh, 5G to be a nationally significant infrastructure project. And so, you know, their quest is literally just to roll it out as quickly as possible and to hell with the consequences. And and then people say, well, why would they do that? Well, call it a hunch. But, uh, you know, the economists have said that, that their estimate for the increase in the economy as a result of 5g rollout and the opportunities afforded by this fourth industrial revolution could be adding up to 175 billion to the british economy and and so you know as far as the um uh you know the sociopathic corporatists are concerned you know what what's a bit of collateral damage what's it what's a few extra tens of thousands of cases of cancer um you know what, what's a few people a few thousands of people suffering from increased, you know, in, insomnia, uh, tinnitus, uh, eventually, you know, impacting on hormonal balance and uh, triggering, you know, hormonally uh, triggered cancers like breast cancer and, uh, and prostate cancer. You know, it's a, it's a, for them, it's a small price to pay for that extra boost in, in revenues. And, and this is what we're up against. I, I think somebody, I don't know who it was, Ian, might have been you. I saw a quote that uh, 5G is quite possibly the worst idea man has ever come up with. Well, I think that, that is a quote that is attributed to uh, Professor Martin Paul, who has been very much on point on this. And I think what he actually said was something along the lines of it's, uh, it, this has got to be the most ridiculous idea in the history of the world. Um, and I think, you know, some there will be others who would sort of argue that, uh, you know, the corporatocracy has a history of um, stupid ideas. And, you know, it's only when eventually the uh, the public opinion is such that um, uh, the groundswell is, is so strong that they quietly sort of backtrack. So here, 
you know, there is already some backtracking. I mean, in Switzerland, the Swiss government has um, basically quietly backtracked from its rollout of 5G technology uh, because as communities have become aware of the uh, potential threat and the lack of um, any independent studies, then they are threatening to push for a referendum on the subject. And of course, you know, Switzerland in, in, in embodies this, embraces this process of referenda in the event of something uh, being of such concern that there is sufficient groundswell that they want to do something, you know, and get the opinion of the public, um, you know, more directly. And, and I think the Swiss government and the telecoms industry knows very, very well that if there is a referendum on this subject, then it ain't going to go in the favour of the telecoms industry. So they are quietly backing off. In Australia, Telstra have announced that they are going to slow down their rollout pending um, you know, further study because of recognition of concerns by the general public. Well, you know, the industry isn't going to be investing in those studies um because it knows damn well that if it does then the results of those studies are not going to support the industry rollout because all independent studies on ex you know excessive exposure to radio frequencies and particularly microwave frequencies um show that uh, extreme caution is necessary and and, uh, and how about europe my question is europe because uh, europe has got is kind of very heavy uh, supranational regulatory structure. Uh, they're, they're, apparently, their food and drug uh, testing regime is uh, supposedly, you know, one of the best in the world, and ISO standards on all products and and so forth, and things produced uh, and sold and traded in the in the European eurozone. Uh, and Britain also falls into that as well, as it's been a member for many years of the European Union. Uh, so, you know, the Food and Drug Administration, there's a lot of testing on food safety. Uh, there's a lot of resources and consideration goes into pharmaceutical uh, testing, cosmetics. So you have the precautionary principle at work in those industries, right? But not not in this industry. And is that it seems to be a fundamental disconnect there, and I'm wondering why. Well, there is a fundamental disconnect, and it, it's called, um, you know, the greed and the pounds and euro signs and dollar signs, you know, rolling around the eyes of, uh, of those who, um, you know, believe that this, you know, just has to be rolled out regardless. I mean, if anybody, you know, watches the presentation, it's three years old now, but from Tom Wheeler, who at the time was Obama's chair of the uh, FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, and he gave an outrageous presentation, um, and it, it's freely available online. He's go go search for Tom Wheeler 5G, and in that presentation, he basically, you know, lays it bare, and he says, you know, let's not wait for the regulators. Let's not wait for the regulatory controls. Let's not wait for the studies. You know, this is too damn important, and I quote, that's exactly what he said. This is too damn important, and it just needs to be rolled out there. Now, interestingly, the mayor of Brussels has um, declared that, uh, you know, this technology will not be rolled out in Brussels because she says that the population of Brussels um, are not lab rats. Um, <laughs> well, of course, that's interesting that, uh, you know, that's also the uh, one of the two homes of the, the EU. Um, but look, it's going to the bottom line is, Patrick, this is going to roll out. Uh, unless communities start to look at it. The only thing that is going to stop 5G from being 
rolled out and, uh, and, and then communities starting to realize the uh, phenomenal negative health impact is if communities get together and take the initiative. And this is what is happening now. And I know tomorrow in Bournemouth, there is um, a meeting of the scrutiny committee of Bournemouth Christchurch and Paul Council. And this is an invitation to the public to share their concerns about 5G. And once again, I mean, it's a classic indication that it's back to front. And, you know, my counsel to all those people that are going to make representation to um, the scrutiny committee tomorrow is, look, you know, it's not for it's not for you to be asking the general public to be uh, to produce the evidence to show that this is unsafe. It's for you to demonstrate that you as elected representatives have done your due diligence and that you can absolutely track all of the uh, research that has gone into proving this to be safe it is before it is rolled out on your community and uh, so you know although this is but regarded as a sort of step in the right direction it, it's actually not because it is indicative of the fact that this is you know completely back to front and so this this, this isn't uh this isn't the first time uh, I think that we've faced similar issues, although the scale of this, uh, we'll talk about the technology in a minute. But before we do that, Ian, the scale of this uh, is is immense because obviously it's going to be in every town, every community. It's going to affect, uh, it's, it's what, gonna what's affect driving, every What's driving this, Patrick, is obviously there's two things that are driving it. Number one, of course, is the Internet of Things. Um, but coupled with that and absolutely embraced in that is autonomous vehicles. and. Yeah. and yeah, it's the autonomous vehicles that are the big push. And, you know, we see smart motorways being installed all around the UK. And um, I mean, let me tell you that any time you see the word smart, of course, it ain't smart for you or me. But you know, and 46 people have lost their lives on smart motorways in the UK um, because they've broken down on the motorway and there's no refuge area. And then a truck comes along and, you know, rams into the back of of the vehicle and, uh, you know, has uh, sort of unfortunately taken out the, the occupants with it. Um, but, you know, the whole idea of smart motorways is that by 2030, uh, the only way in which you can, you'll be able to access a smart motorway or the motorway network, because they will all be graded as smart. But the only way in which you'll be able to access that um, network is with an autonomous vehicle, because you cannot have, autonomous and driven vehicles in the same high-speed road space. So, you know, um, uh, and coupled with that, that's why you're seeing 20-mile-an-hour zones being introduced in, in town and city centres around the country, because 20-mile-an-hour is regarded as the maximum safe speed, but uh, autonomous and driven vehicles can be in the same road space. And then with this comes the next, you know, process, and, and that is uh, taxation, because uh, currently everybody pays effectively a travel tax by um, uh, when they fill up their car, because, you know, obviously about 75 pence of the price of a litre of fuel is um, is actually the tax on the vehicle. And so, you know, you if you know how many miles you get to a litre, you can very quickly work out how much tax you're paying to travel for the privilege of travelling. But without the 
without um, uh, fuel, because obviously cars are going to be hybrid or electric, then you're going to have to be taxed another way. And that's why all vehicles are going to have to be ta- um, trackable so that the relevant tax can be deducted either at the end of the month or on a real-time basis. Pay as you go. Exactly. Yeah, pay as you go. So so in terms of the health the health challenge on, on this type of tech, I remember the Tetra radios, there was a big problem with this, is military-grade uh, frequencies, huge negative effects on police officers, uh, yeah. first responders, military people. Um, is, is this similar to the effects that uh, the Tetra radio system has had on people? Absolutely. And um, I mean, before Tetra, we can even go back to the handheld radar guns. And the reason that handheld radar guns, speed uh, camera guns, uh, disappeared was because um, there was a marked increase in the number of police operators who were using these um, uh, radar guns uh, getting testicular cancer. And that was linked to the sort of backscatter that uh, was coming from the device that they were, you know, holding, pointing at the cars coming on the street. So, you know, when that manifested in about uh, the early 90s, that's when the sort of speed cameras um, uh, disappeared or the handheld speed cameras disappeared. And then, yeah, you have the Tetra, which is still a problem, um, you know, causing um, uh, uh, facial tumours and um, eye, eye problems for, for the police because, you know, when they're using these Tetra radios, they're, they're, they're um, uh, pinned to their their jackets and they tend to lean down into them when they talk so the aerial goes straight up into the cheek and the eye socket and then they wonder why they you know there's problems here so uh, and then of course you know this um exposure to uh you know the radar technology by military personnel and i mean it's long been known that you know excessive exposure uh, triggers negative health problems and and you know now this is being rolled out on the general public with no warnings of course because if there were warnings then um, people would understand rather quickly that uh, you know this isn't exactly in, in in their best interests. So everyone's just expected to believe that somebody has done the due diligence and that somebody has uh, done all the necessary research and development to ensure this is safe. And in reality, there is none, absolutely none. And and I you know people can say what they like, but they cannot produce any independent studies which prove this to be safe and as you said right from the get-go you know it's already pretty well acknowledged that um this electro smog that we're pumping out on a sort of global basis but it's having a marked impact on the insect population certainly on the pollinators and um you know why so why are we not surprised to see the big push on gm foods you know so you know the, the consequences of this are enormous and then when you you, you throw in the fact that um, you will look at the, uh, the documentary that I want to recommend people watch is The Great Hack, which I think is freely available on Netflix. Um, and, of course, this looks at how uh, the likes of Cambridge Analytica were trawling data from social media and from, uh, you know, from the phone companies. And they were able, they bragged, to be able to influence the Trump elections, uh, the U.S. elections in 2016, by having about 5,000 data points on each of their target individuals. Well, you know, data is the new um, uh, number one revenue generator on the planet. So data is bigger than the pharmaceutical industry, it's bigger than hydrocarbons, and it's bigger than finance. And, you know, the data trawling, data harvesting, which literally enables 
you know, artificial intelligence to predict any individual's behavior and, and therefore to sort of nudge it in a particular direction. And people think they're not influenceable. Um, well, you know, they certainly are. And you know what? People don't realize just how sophisticated this artificial intelligence is becoming. Um, you know, over the last uh, uh, two weeks with the presentations I've been giving around the country, and we've been talking about the phenomena, you know, where people talk about something uh, with a friend and then half an hour later, they're getting adverts for it on their phone. Well, you know, we, we've heard of a couple of situations, well, more than a couple of situations where people have said, you know what, I wasn't even talking about something. I was thinking about it and, and I got ads. Well, you know, so either either this technology has some sort of quantum element to it or and more likely just the just the sophistication of the artificial intelligence and the abstraction of all these data points. And it literally enables the artificial intelligence to work out what you're thinking. Yeah. Well, the, the, one of the top uh, AI programmers, I think his name's Ben Gertzel, working uh, for the, the project there in Hong Kong. I, I forgot the name of the company, but uh, he's behind Sophia, that uh, AI uh, a bot that uh, was given Saudi Arabian citizenship uh, a couple of years ago. Anyway, he was trying to mathematically model because he believed that ESP, extra sensory perception, was a real thing, was a real phenomenon. And he said, well, if it's a real thing and it's a real phenomenon, then there must be a way to mathematically model it. So that, yeah. and, and he's the top, one of the top AI uh, programmers, the top, he's in the top sort of you know, five in the world. And so he's working on Hanson robotics is the name of the company. It just came. And, uh, so, so that's what, so he believes he can mathematically model that. Therefore it can, it can be performed by AI in the future, uh, yes. with quantum computing. So this is not, uh, is science fiction. It sounds really far out, but I didn't no, want to really, yeah, but yeah. yeah. And, and you know, where, where this heading is that, um, you know, from just what we've talked about already, I mean, obviously, and, and, I, and, you know, we've discussed this and you've been party to those discussions and presentations at various AV events, you know, with all the, the jobs that are going to disappear. Um, you know, autonomous vehicles will eradicate um, the need for cab drivers, for HGV drivers. And, of course, the whole objective is to actually eradicate private vehicle ownership within the next 20 years. Uh, so that if you need a vehicle, basically, you just sort of ring up, you know, Uber or whatever the equivalent is and a vehicle comes to your door. Um, and then you're just sort of build accordingly. But this is where they want to head to, you know, and uh, I don't think the vast majority of people have no idea of how the advent of 5G and the Internet of Things is going to literally mess up their lives. I mean, it's going to mess up their health, um, but it's absolutely going to mess up their lives. They have no comprehension about the degree to which they're about to lose any vestige of sovereignty. Everything will be controlled, with it, with their, whether they realize it or not, through AI. Yeah. And, uh, you know, look, look at how little pushback there was or how little resistance there was to the body scanners that were inst yeah. installed in airports around the world. That was the, the trigger for that was the Detroit uh, underwear bomber. Uh, yeah. That turned out to be a complete crock, but that that was done as that was the impetus for the rollout of the body scanners in airports all over the world. Michael Chertoff, former Homeland Security head, uh, was the person who was running point on the corporate side of of that. So he made a lot of money out of that particular crisis. But there was no the the main thing is Ian that people are voluntarily stepping into millimeter microwave environment well, and not questioning at all. 
and of course, there was, there's, there was never any peer-reviewed studies on the safety of the body scanners, but it was adopted because it was seen as an emergency. It was seen yeah. as something that kept people safe. Therefore, they didn't question it. Uh, so in terms of if you talk about the environmental crisis, which we spoke about in the previous segment on, on today's show, uh, that, that seems to be one of the big crisis points that might be used to justify this. Uh, what you're talking about here with 5G, there might be an environmental aspect. You've already talked about driverless cars. That feeds into the green uh, agenda. But the, the smart meters, there's a perfect example. And by the way, they're really far behind on the implementation of those. They're having huge problems, EDF. I guess, well, I, unfortunately, I guess, yeah, they realize I, the smart meter gender isn't in their best interest, and people are looking to get rid of them. Yeah, I, I get text messages. Um, I even got a phone call. From EDF saying, oh, we just happen to be in the area. Are you home? We can bring your smart meter and have it done and dusted in 20 minutes. <laughs> and I was like, uh, no, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm busy. You know, but they're really aggressive. There seems to be a yeah. deadline, Ian, a deadline. that They need to get this, uh, the smart meters implemented. They need the 5G rollout. Uh, it, there seems to be a schedule, and it's, it's very tight, apparently. Uh, well, there seems to be a, there's a consciousness here that isn't human or, or you know whatever it is. I mean, who knows? It may even be sort of already being driven by artificial intelligence. But you know, the bottom line is that this consciousness that is driving this agenda does certainly not have humanity's best interest at heart. I mean, um, it, it is clearly driven by the likes of Ray Kurzweil, you know, who is today the director of engineering for Google with access to unlimited resources, financial resources, and engineering resources. And, uh, you know, Kurzweil makes no bones about it. You know, his goal is to uh, be able to download all consciousness into the mainframe by 2040. And then he very quickly goes on to make the observation, you know, how, how amazing that would be for the, for the planet. Because once we've downloaded consciousness into the mainframe, then we don't need physical vehicles anymore. And, you know, it, it, I, as we've discussed previously, Patrick, I, certainly predict that um you know if uh, the likes of greta thunberg continues down this current sort of um one track one dimensional thought process then she will be calling for euthanasia of everybody over the age of say 40 within the next 10 years or so yeah yeah there's already a generational uh schism that has been laid out basically it's the youth versus old people uh yeah. Her narrative is, you've already ruined it. It can't be fixed. Let's try to fix it anyway. Uh, but you screwed us. So we, want, we want to uh, uh, access your pension funds uh, and unlock $4 trillion or $10 trillion or $100 trillion or whatever it is in pension funds and uh, you know future liabilities for, for people who've worked and put that money away. No, the youth have said, you don't deserve that. You've ruined the planet. We're taking it. And we're going to invest it in green tech. And so yeah. there's another green bubble right there. Another tech. Uh Absolutely. They're just so desperate because, of course, we're, we're on the cusp of another major financial collapse. And they're just so desperate to tap into um, anything they can to shore themselves up. Yeah. So so look, so now uh, I've also seen this argument, Ian. This is particularly disturbing with regards to 5G um, that I've seen the argument made that this is in the national interest. It's a national security issue to roll out 5G. Have you seen this type of rhetoric uh, uh coming out uh, on i must confess i haven't seen the big push on on security i mean what i have seen is the big push on um the european railway signaling network um which uh, runs out is supposed to 
be rolled out in May of next year, 2020. And this operates on 5G, you know, which is why the trees are being culled at a phenomenal rate from the railway network, because, you know, it, it is now readily acknowledged. And in fact, there was an article in the uh, Daily Telegraph about um, not even two weeks ago uh, by one of the professors from University of Warwick, who's working on autonomous vehicles and he makes the observation that you know basically trees leaves water and weather even like snow and ice are a major major problem for 5g frequencies so you know at the moment once again this thing is being rolled out at at such um an absurd and obscene pace that um it's a case of look we've got an idea let's get it out there and if it doesn't work we'll worry about that afterwards and and if there's a bit of collateral damage i.e people die along the way well that's okay too and you know somewhere along the line we 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 need elected politicians elected representatives to step up and uh, and do the right thing because if they don't if they don't they are also playing right into the hands of the likes of extinction rebellion who despite all their hype you know their primary motivation is to introduce a completely new form of government called sortition and and of course it's a word that isn't in most people's vocabulary so uh, they don't even it doesn't register but sortition s-o-r-t-i-t-i-o-n and this is all about government by um uh community assembly and I mean, basically, it's animal farm on acid. I mean, I'm, we don't have time to talk about the detail of sortition. But what they're trying to do is literally create a situation. When I say they, I'm talking about those who are driving this whole agenda and aim extinction rebellion. But, uh, you know, they're trying to create the chaos in the uh, political system uh, so that everybody says, well, that's not working. So we need a fundamental change. And lo and behold, you've got extinction rebellion pushing their you know, community assemblies, which sounds maybe attractive you know on a very superficial level then once you look at the detail you realize that you know this is so manipulable that uh, you know it's just not funny and fundamentally you know there's nothing wrong with the system that is in place except that you have people who get into public office who then very quickly become uh, if you like institutionalized and they realize that actually you know they they get more returns by representing the interests of the corporatocracy than they do those who elected them um and uh, but on the other hand you've got people who um, are coming into local politics you know for the right reasons and these are the people who we're getting uh, most traction with you know people who have been elected to public office in the last two to three years and and are totally totally gobsmacked by the uh, audacity of this 5G rollout, and particularly now that the British government has um, initiated a consultation document, which um, I think runs until uh, the end of or mid-November. And this is to enable the British government and the telecoms industry to accelerate the rollout of 5G. And they know that people have latched on to the fact that trees were being cut down to facilitate 5G. And so they're not going to be able to uh, do the arborside a boricide, I think is the term, um, of culling, you know, literally millions of trees around the country. So now what they're proposing is to double the height of phone masts from the current permitted development height uh, up to 165 feet, which, you know, so people need to take an interest in what's going on in their communities. If they don't, then the prognosis is is really not pretty. Um, But those communities that are 
starting to take an interest, are starting to push back. And, you know, uh, what we see happening in Switzerland and Australia right now, and we need to see that in the UK. But the attitude right now of the industry and the government is there's nothing to see here. You know, we're not even going to discuss it because there's nothing to see because they know damn well that the moment they do start to discuss it, it will open up the floodgates. Okay, last question. What, what you've, you've seen people, you've talked to thousands of people already, Ian, uh, over the last 12 months on this issue. You've seen people who came in, didn't believe it, were skeptical, and what, cha- what changed their mind? What, what, what's the game changer here? So I'm, talking, uh, I'm asking you to tell people out there, what's the biggest game changer? What's the big difference if they're interested in raising awareness on this issue? Okay, if they, if they want to um, you know, really have an impact, then one is inform themselves. Um, and that's obviously what we're trying to do with the 5G Is It Safe Tour. We're simply trying to stimulate people's curiosity so they will look at this for themselves and, and then decide whether or not this is something that's appropriate for their community. And I haven't had a single person. I've had two people, by the way, come up to me at one of the events in Bournemouth who told me afterwards that they'd come along to heckle because they just wanted to see who this you know, guy was who thought that 5G was um, not necessarily uh, everything was cracked up to be. And they said, we came to heckle and uh, to challenge. And they said, but you've turned us right around. You know, the evidence that I produce, and I mean, it is hard evidence. The hard evidence that I produce is irrefutable. And I, I don't believe that anybody walks away from my 5G, is it safe presentations, believing that uh, they could, this, this is something they don't have to worry about. It's not just not a problem. And, and what are the next cities on, on the uh, schedule this week? And if people are interested in coming. Right. Where I am this week. Yeah. So um, this week I have uh, four events they're all evening events they're all starting at 7 30 so tomorrow night i'm in leicester at the belmont hotel tuesday i'm in nottingham at the britannia hotel wednesday i'm in ipswich at the uh, orwell holiday inn and then in cambridge at the royal cambridge hotel and then um the i've still got two more weeks after that and then i go to hull sheffield leeds manchester edinburgh glasgow belfast swansea and cardiff and all the details of my tour are on my website which is ianrcrane.com and also on alternativeview.co.uk and and patrick if anybody can't get along if people for those who can't get along to any of the live presentations and i would absolutely encourage them to do so if they can because obviously it's the q a it's the interaction with other people from their community that's so important but we did live stream last friday's event uh, uh sorry thursday's event in reading and um, so that live stream is now uh, available. It is pay-per-view. It's four ninety nine. Um, but that live stream is viewable, again, on both my website and alternativeview.co.uk. Right. And then they can get more information as well. You've got um, information on 5G in general up on, on those sites as well that people can go and check out and get links and so forth. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, find resources that they need. So, so there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Click through those links. We've got them on the show page, uh, enrcrane.com. Look for the dates uh, in your town and your city in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I highly recommend it. I've seen the presentation. It's powerful. And it, uh, like Ian said, it is uh, very much irrefutable uh, when you see it all laid out uh, in, in its totality. Uh, but uh, thank you very much, Ian. I know you're busy and you've got to run, but we really appreciate you stopping by this week on the Sunday Wire. Thanks, Patrick. Appreciate that, and we'll catch up soon. Okay. There he goes, ladies and gentlemen, Ian R. Crane. Uh, he is on a 
world tour of sorts around the UK, doing so many different dates around the country, uh, all the way even to Northern Ireland. So uh, there's something for everybody there. If you're a UK listener and you want to get some more information, you want to see this presentation live or on pay-per-view, uh, go check out ENRCrane.com. <laughs> yeah. It's the Exodus movement of the people. I'ma speak the message, but I need the royalties like we go. You better learn to hear no or see no evil. Cause higher power methods is illegal. In fact, they lead though. I'm like a black panther shouting power to the people. But this ain't limited to color jurisdiction. I'm speaking to the world if it takes the time to listen. I'm here to reinstate the fate of spoken word tradition.